Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. ABC, motherfucking D, suck my balls. Buenos tardes, mi amigo. Hola, my good friend. Cinco de Mayo on Tuesday. And I hoped we would see each other again. La 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 Thank you, as always, to Ween for providing me an intro song. Uh, they have signed off on nothing. One of these days I will um, be receiving that letter from the attorney. Actually, no, I, I don't think so, because I, I'm covering it, right? Yeah. So, I, yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. So, but that's a Ween song. Beautiful song. I love it. Thank you. Um... This is episode number 22, I believe. Speaking of theme song, it reminded me. I was going to mention this a while back, but uh, I forgot. And so talking about Ween and that theme song, um, this is episode 23. Every 50 episodes, I am going to switch the theme song. I need your recommendations your nominations for what the theme song the intro song to mikey likes you should be um go ahead and provide them in at mikey likes you one in the dm whether that be uh twitter or instagram at mikey likes you and then the number one um yeah please give me like your nominees and then i'll narrow it down to to like three or four um, I'll do, yeah, I'll do the top five of the nominees that you guys provide and I'll do a poll and then whichever one wins will become the new, um, theme song. Every 50 episodes I'll rifle through them. The reason I'm doing it so early about halfway through is because if you guys fucking nominate, you know, Tom Sawyer from Rush, I better, <laughs> I need some time to get going. I feel confident that like, I'll be able to pull off whatever you ask for, but I just need like for some songs, it's going to be, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of practice and a lot of preparation. Then there's going to be, you know, the, the like simple ones, you know, it could be, but uh, there's always that chance, you know, and, and then some of you, uh, maybe dicks and will on purpose continually nominate, you know, like Dillinger escape plan or, or like a Mastodon song. Um, in which case I will say, uh, no way, dude on, on, on Twitter or Instagram. I'll be like, dude, yeah. No way. It doesn't go with the theme of the, But then I'll DM you privately. I'll be like, I can't play that. I'm, I'll be very honest. That's too hard for me. But there you go. So I, I do I like the fan interaction aspect of the podcast. Um, the fact that I have complete control. And I love the fact that I get to interact with you guys. And um, I love Buenos Tardes to start the, uh, to start the show. But, you know, I want to keep it fresh. Um, I want to get to a couple things before I get to the Q&A portion of this Q&A podcast. This Q&A version 
this Q&A episode um, And that is something that I actually saw on Quora. Um, it's kind of like a... I don't know what you would call Quora, but I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with it, but some of you might not be. And um, it's just like people post questions about anything, and experts will answer your question. But it could be about anything. I've actually posted a couple questions about it uh, up on Quora, Q-U-O-R-A. And uh, uh, some epidemiologist, actually, or, or like cultural anthropologist, answered my insane, dumb bro, bro science question. But I, I saw, I, I follow um, like the health and fitness uh, sections, I guess you would, you know, the, the, the tab of health and fitness within Quora. And so I get these updates every day. And um, a lot of times they're really dumb questions, but a lot of time, actually, no, most of the time they're dumb, easy to answer questions. Um, but, you know, a quarter of the time, they're really, really, really good questions. And the people on Quora I've seen are the, these quote-unquote experts tend to be actual experts, at least from my opinion. Uh, you know, from my perspective, I see them as answering these questions really well. And this question came out, and I thought, like, oh, man, I got to talk about this because this is a really good question that I think a lot of people who are beginners or intermediates might have this question in the back of their brain. And it seems reasonable. Like, it, it, it's very understandable to have this question. And the question was, is doing three sets of ten just as good, better, or worse than doing ten sets of three with the same weight. So doing three sets of 10, 30 reps cut into three sets, is it just as good, better, or worse as doing 30 reps but cut into 10 sets, therefore reps of three, um, with the same weight? And that is the big thing that changes the game. With that question, that that little end, that little uh, suffix of at the same weight, makes it a very good question with, I think, an important answer. And it makes it so that I can actually answer it with some confidence. Um, They're both just, well, no, okay. Three sets of 10 with a given weight is much better than 10 sets of three. Why do I say that? Because if you can do a weight for 10 reps, it is far too light to be doing a set of three reps. If it's the same weight and you're getting the same amount of reps, you say, well, what, why? Because during a set, if you can get up to 10 reps, that means that the weight is light enough that you can get into that strength endurance phase past, you know, three to five reps, eight to eight to 10 reps. If you're getting to 10 reps with good form and you can do that for three reps, that weight is not very heavy. That's going to be at maximum. If you're a real bulldog, that's 65% of your one rep maximum. Doing three set, doing sets of three reps with your 65% one rep maximum is dumb and not very effective unless you're a competitive Olympic lifter or power lifter and you're using that as your, like your speed day. A lot of people call it like the d- dynamic day where they do much, much lower weights but focus on moving the bar with extreme speed. And there is a lot of value to that. But I don't think that's most of you listening. Most of you want to look good naked and be jacked and lean and tan and the whole thing. 
And if you're going to do sets of three reps, you have to do a set that when you get to the third rep, you're really, really close to failure. If you want the benefits. Now, again, things change when you talk about elite level or high level performance. If you are a power lifter, I know that power lifters, very good ones, they do train at sub-maximal levels in the three rep range. But you're, you're essentially practicing a skill. You're practicing the skill of your deadlift and your squat and your, your bench press at that weight. And, you know, there's a lot of value into practicing your skill with 80, say, you know, 75, 80% of your one rep maximum. But for the average dude out there, the average gal out there that just wants to get buff and look sweet uh, by the pool or when they take their clothes off, a, a, a sub-maximal set of three is, is really, really useless. Um, if you're trying to gain muscle mass, a set of 10 is very useful. I do think that's the optimal range to be at if you're trying to put on muscle mass. That is not everyone. And, and, I, and I don't mean you can't put on muscle mass at other rep ranges. I just, me personally, my feeling about my body and people I've trained with that, you know, the, the higher volume of 10, you know, 8 to 10 sets of 10 reps with sub-maximal weights, you know, 65% uh, around that of your one rep maximum, that's optimal for gaining muscle mass. But, I've found it to be optimal for people like myself and the guys I train with and the girls I've trained with that are ja- that are super strong. And I do think that you first first and foremost it's important to create be able to create the amount of force necessary to really make those gains within that rep range. So, I do think that everyone whether you think you're advanced or not, unless you are a competitive athlete, honestly, and I mean, and I don't care how jacked you are. I don't care how many years you've been lifting. Unless you are a competitive athlete, in which case there's always your sport to take into consideration more so than pure strength and pure muscle mass and pure leanness. If you're a competitive athlete, okay, you don't need to take this advice. But everyone else, again, I don't care how jacked you are. I don't care how long you've been training. I don't care how much you think you know. You can definitely, definitely benefit overall longevity, um, mood, uh, appearance, performance by working on strength, getting to the point where if you don't hit certain standards, I honestly don't think you're capable of doing what you need to do in order to make those big transitions that you want. Like most people want, you don't want to look mediocre. If you're training, if you're in there dieting and training, you want to look great. And every, even no matter who you are, you can look that way. You can have your like idealized body within reason. I mean, some people don't be crazy. If you're five foot three and 130 pounds, don't be like, I'm going to be Ronnie Coleman in his prime. But within reason, you, whatever that vision of your idealized body is, you can have that. But to get there, I honestly think step number one has to be to getting cert- to certain levels of strength. Um, and so, you know, training in that five reps, I've always recommended the, the, the five by five program is an, an awesome program to start with no matter how experienced you are. Do three months of five by five, then come back to being like, okay, now I think I can look at more volume and more frequency and all these things that you can you can then go to. But you can't put the cart in front of the horse. Um, the, the, I've always said like, if you're going to build a house, right? Interior decoration is important. You want your house to look awesome. And I get that. But that doesn't matter one bit unless the frame is erected in a perfect way. 
And that's what you got to apply to your body. It does, none, none of it matters. None of your like pump and, and cut and lean and, and your, your P90X and all that stuff, which is I'm not shitting on it. I'm just saying like if you want to get to that journey, you know, to that finish line that you have in your mind of six pack abs and, uh, you know, a beautiful body or like, you know, uh, amazing booty and legs like you see like Instagram models if, you, if you're female, like you got to get to a certain level of strength first. I do think that that is the foundation and, and framing of your house and the interior decoration can come next. Because if you start interior decorating a house that isn't erected yet, where do you get? You're going to be real frustrated. And that's, you know, I honestly think it is a very similar, um, it's, it's, it's really analogous to uh, building the, the right physique. So three sets of 10 versus 10 sets of three, three sets with the same weight, the, the three sets of 10 destroys it, Okay. And it was a long-winded way to get to it. Um, before I get to the q and I also want to point out that, like, a lot of people email me or, or excuse me, they, they DM me or message me or put in comments or tweet me. And they're asking about, hey, what do you think about this girl? And what do you think about this guy? And um, oftentimes I don't really know them because the – especially, like, the YouTube world of fitness is a, a vast one that I don't really – I don't really know much about. But there are people who, like, I either personally know or have come across their work and I can go, oh, these guys or this gal, they they know their shit. So I'm just going to give you a list of the people, like, I can definitely guarantee would be valuable for you to go investigate. And some of these people disagree with each other. But I know, I don't think, I know everyone that I'm about to name knows their shit. Okay? Um, and there's a lot of value in, in being confrontational you know with like the internet fitness community um so i get that some of these people probably don't even necessarily want to have the these you know insane youtube or twitter battles but it's it it does get you somewhere um as far as popularity you know that's that's the bottom line it's it's marketable there's currency to it um but here you go these are people like i totally back and and believe in uh a former guest on the show bobby maximus when it comes to just being a super badass and really pushing through your own limits and, and realizing that there is no governing switch in your brain, that you just have a, kind of an imposed one and you really can push through that, Bobby Maximus is the guy. Um, I, I really respect him and, uh, and what he has to say and like the ethic of, of what he has to, what he's putting out. Um, when it comes to looking beautiful, looking amazing, your physique, Greg Doucette. He is this hysterical, super jacked IFBB pro Canadian dude. Uh, he has a funny, hysterical voice, but he makes really good YouTube videos. And everything he says about um, training and and diet is 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 very very good information in, in my humble opinion. Um, he is he's very knowledgeable within kinesiology. I believe he does have a degree in in kinesiology, and he's a, he's an IFBB pro. I mean, he his physique is fantastic whether or not he's you know a lot of people shit on him because he's not a top five you know ifbb pro the bottom line is he's a professional bodybuilder within the ifbb and he's got insane um levels of leanness and and like a full beautiful physique year round and he puts out a lot of good information on his youtube channel it's greg Doucette. so it's a a guy uh i definitely think is putting out good content steffi cohen for you ladies out there she's not big she is a small, wee little thing, and she breaks world records in powerlifting. 
but she also understands that that's not for everybody and that most women just want to have a beautiful physique. And she walks you through why most women do it wrong. You're, there's this idea of like, I don't want to be bulky. I don't want to lift heavy weights because fill in the blank. You, that's not how human biology works. You don't just magically get bulkier. Um, the size of your body is largely dictated by your diet and the composition of your body is largely dictated by your training. And she is a insane wealth of knowledge, not only in powerlifting, but with hypertrophy, fat loss. Every, uh, she is, uh, she's awesome. Steffi Cohen over at Hybrid, um, Hybrid Training Systems. Uh, S-T-E-F-I, Cohen spelled normally, C-O-H-E-N. Um, Lane Norton. Lane Norton's the man, when it, in my opinion, as far as like realistically understanding what it takes to diet to get the body you want. He's the man. Lane Norton, uh, I would put up there with anyone when it comes to diet and, and uh, overall approach to understanding like it ain't easy, but you can do it. It's simple, but it ain't easy. Um, here And he gives out incredibly um, substantiated information. All everything he's saying is completely backed by rigorous, ample, and and conclusive scientific proof. Um, so I, I definitely think Lane Norton's a guy to follow. The Godfather of intermittent fasting, Martin Burkhan. Um, LeanGains.com is his website, and uh, he, he uh, you know his his name on in, on uh, social media is Martin Burkhan. B-E-R-K-H-A-N. I've worked with the guy personally, you know, via email because he lives in Sweden, but uh, he's, he's so wise. He gets it. When it comes to training and what I got from Martin the most, and I, do, I still like to this day either use or, or promote a lot of um, ideas that he passed along to me, and the biggest one is fuck-around-itis. And that we all get bored with training and thinking that we're not doing enough or we're not doing something that's new and cutting edge and flashy. And then we start trying BOSU ball training and then we start trying, uh, you know, kettlebells. Then it's club training and, and swinging a mace. And I'm not saying any of those are bad inherently, but this kind of frenetic scatterbrained idea to training is not going to get you anywhere. And he puts his money where his mouth is. I trained with Martin for like 12, 14 weeks and got farther than I did when I was doing really exotic plans. And his stuff is based around like, it. this isn't easy. You're going to bust your ass, but you don't have to spend all day in the gym and you don't have to do a lot of exotic, crazy um, programs. It, it's like I deadlift, my back was jacked and I deadlifted at Seal Road and did weighted chins. And... I did those three exercises, squatted, and bench pressed, and that was it. I trained three days a week, and those, but those exercises, I did. I left the gym, you know, like I looked like looked like I took a shower. I was sweating balls, and it was a couple sets each, and I just fucking devoted myself to it, and then everything else was all diet. And when you kind of burden yourself with a lot of these choices that you don't necessarily need, they're 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 superfluous, sometimes in the way. Um, you, you get this problem, this, this paradox of choice. Um, 
and a lot of it, his his ethos is like filtering out the bullshit and just going to, going to work. Um, so Martin Burkan, uh, Josiah Novak, Josiah Novak, smart dude. Uh, I've trained with him as well. Knows his stuff. I I really recommend him from like a regular guy approach, not meaning that he's not special. He's jacked. He's ripped. But he's he's a dad. He understands what it's like to have. He has numerous children. He has a full-time job. He has a wife. He has obligations. So he, get, you know what I'm saying? He's not some guy who just lives in a gym or, or makes his living through nutrition and training. He's, a, he's a, a regular human being who understands that you have obligations and that he designs programs and diets to fit that. And I think that that's really important. So those are off the top of my head um, some of the people that I recommend. I will continually update that list, but uh, – I, I hope that that was useful to you, and I, I think it will be if you go and further investigate those people. All right, let's get to the Q&A, BHS. Let's go to my Instagrammy. I'll just go down the list here. Uh, newest first. Have you ever woken up with morning wood and wifey is not down to help you, so you beat it right next to her in the bed? No, I've never done that. I have definitely woken up with morning wood and my wife has not been, well, I didn't, usually, I've never asked. I've never woken up with morning wood and then asked and then gotten rejected, but I've I've woken up with morning wood and then, like, my wife's dead asleep and I've thought, I'm not going to wake her, and then went into the bathroom and beat off. Yeah, absolutely. But never, no, never that. And I don't recommend that. Don't beat off next to someone who's sleeping or is not into sex. <clears throat> hey Mikey, I'm currently weight training and jumping rope six days a week on 1,800 calories. That's very little. I'm six foot at 225. Okay, bad news. Do you should not be eating 1,800 calories. So I'm trying to get rid of my belly. Do you think that's too low of calories? Yes. Keep in mind, I am losing one to two pounds every week. I just wonder since I just started doing this two months ago, if there are smarter ways to do it. Love your content, man. If you're training, if you're training six days a week anywhere near as hard as you should be training at six foot 225 you gotta be you should be starting with like 2700 calories see how that goes you want it it, it, a minimum effective dosage man minimum effective dosage is always the way to go when it comes to training when it comes to diet you want to diet you want to lose weight and get traded on the most amount of calories you can get away with so you start at the top you realize like that's too much, cut it by 300 and continue doing until you hit the sweet spot. Don't start at 1800, man. That's, you're going to do, pro- you're going to have problems with your, I know we all want it faster. I get that. But just please, not just you who asked this question. I don't want to embarrass you, so I won't say your name, but you know, I, I get it. All of us, myself included, we want fast results. Just please listen to me right now. Get it through your head. They don't exist. There is no fucking free lunch. The four weeks to a better you, um, it may be great to like motivate you and keep you interested, but that's not reality. For me, even, whether I'm talking about if you're 100 pounds overweight or you're me, and I, I, I think I have like seven, eight pounds to lose of body fat in to get to what I view as like my ideal body, right? Um, I'm looking at like the end of 2020 and it's the middle of August right now as I record this. 
I'm that's my that's how far down the road I'm viewing this. Because I know this ain't going to happen overnight. You don't diet for a week. Losing weight, losing body fat doesn't happen in a week. It doesn't happen by dieting for a couple days. And falling off the wagon and, and, and losing your gains doesn't happen by not training and eating like shit for a couple days. It's Everything is about prolonged effort. Prolonged, committed effort. Sus- commi- consistency and sustainability are far more important than anything else. One or two good meals a week don't matter in comparison to 85% of your meals being awesome for six months. One or two training, like really amazing training sessions a week doesn't matter. Three consistent, really good training programs for six months, that matters. Get this idea out of your head that I, I am going to get what I want soon. And that goes for life, man, at least as far as I've seen. And I've only been on this earth 41 years. But everything that I've really, ever really wanted deeply, passionately, I had to be really patient. And I had to keep my eye on the prize in, in the face of a lot of rejection, in the face of sometimes embarrassment, Sometimes frustration, sometimes all three, sometimes naysayers saying, I'm not going to get that. And I just, if I really wanted it, I just had to keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going. Sometimes for many years, sometimes for over a decade in the case of like certain professional stuff. <coughs> and with, look, with relationships too. Um, so just 1,800 calories too low don't try to do this fast. It's not going to happen. Guy your size, six foot, 225. You're a big boy, dude. Enjoy that. I'm 5'10", 180. I wish I could be six foot, 225, so I could eat 2,700 calories and probably still lose weight, especially if you're training. Minimum effective dosage. If, if you're going to get good results with training three days a week, why train six? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't help you. In fact, it can oftentimes harm. Minimum effective dosage with diet and with training. After years being sober, do you ever wake up and still have those urges? If so, how do you deal with these feelings? Cheers. Um, that's from Miles P. I, I do. Yeah, um, I've been sober, got to be 18 years in October. Um, I still have urges. I still have these weird feelings. Um, I deal with it by doubling down on what I know to be successful and that's being honest with someone I talk to someone about it and um, confront it as opposed to like pretend like it didn't happen that's always you know my best advice when something is bothersome to you in a psychological spiritual way don't don't just like hey man I'm moving on I'm, I, it's not there confront it say alright motherfucker you want to party? okay Let's do this then. Calling my sober friends, calling a sponsor, going to a meeting. These are the things that I do. Meditation. But not, never ever have I found success with just pretending it didn't happen and trying to push it down. And that goes with not only like my sobriety, but with, with my life, you know. if I have, I've had a lot of trouble in my relationship with my wife, which is, I think, really good. Like we have a great marriage. 
I love my wife. I worship the ground she walks on. And I do think that that feeling is reciprocated. But like the biggest troubles I've found in my relationship come out of me biting my lip about shit that I, that bothers me with her. I feel like I'm being like the magnanimous, awesome husband by like, oh, I'll overlook that and just keep on trucking. But that shit, you don't ever, you don't overlook it and then it just magically disappears. You never fucking Houdini that shit. It always just festers inside you. Whether it be those urges to use and drink, whether it be those urges to, um, to lash out at your partner, whether it be those urges to uh, lash out at your kid, um, whether it be the urges to um, speak up when your boss does something that you don't like. Like, that shit never just goes away. It sits inside you, and then it comes back to bite you in the ass even harder. So that's that's kind of how I deal with it. Um, let's see. I'd ask you if you're a Gamecock fan, but I know better. Um, I, I Because I'm wearing a, a Gamecocks hat, a South Carolina, but it's a hat that says, literally just says Cox in big letters. So, yes, that is absolutely the reason. <coughs> pardon me that is absolutely the reason why i got that hat it's actually a gift and that was the, the reason definitely the person bought it for me um but i have come to appreciate the south carolina gamecocks because i get so many comments on it from south carolina fans all over the world i've been in fucking puerto rico i remember one time and these people came up to me and they're like oh, are you gamecock and i'm like no sorry i'm just immature and they're like ah they, but you know i i've kind of gotten like a little penchant for being a Gamecock fan. So yes, I, I actually do consider myself a fan. And I also love South Carolina, the state, both the Carolinas. It's just so fucking beautiful there. So in a weird way, yes, I am a fan. I haven't gotten to the podcast yet. Trying to catch up in Ellis. I sent you a DM question a couple weeks ago, but answer about what CBD ratio used from Care by Design. I don't know. I just take what they give me. I know that they they gave me the stuff that they said what didn't have any psychoactive effect, you know, because of my recovery. So I'm really sorry. I wish I could answer better. And I actually am in my house in Venice. I don't have the Care by Design stuff with me, so I can't even go check. But I know that it's just it's low enough levels of THC that either it's it's below one percent. I believe it's like nothing. And it's just so that it won't, it never enacts anything psychoactive. I know you're a fellow Primus fan, but what does Catherwood think about my favorite band, Tool? I like Tool. I'm a big fan. Uh, I, you know, I, I, like, I'm a big fan of any of the, like, alt metal from the 90s. Helmet Tool, Primus, Rollins Band, uh, Faith No More. I really like all of that. You know, I guess what they deem as alt metal. And it was really, that was the, the, you know, the first two White Zombie albums. That was, uh, I, I think, like a really good high point for music, especially at that era, like post-grunge, you know, post like 92, 93, where grunge was actually good. 94, 95, 96, it started to get so derivative and shitty. Like it was so bad. But then that, that kind of stuff really started to pop off. And I know, look, I know Faith No More and Primus had been around since the 80s. But but that's when things that's when that really became a, a thing, and you'd watch 120 minutes on MTV or Beavis and Butthead or Headbangers Ball, and you were getting these bands that weren't straightforward thrash, a little bit artsier, um, you know, Deftones certainly. So I, yeah, I do. I like that. I'm a big fan of that. 
Can you calorie restrict at the same time as intermittent fasting and three to four days working out a week? Well, yeah, you can. Um, in fact, intermittent fasting is a tool to get to calorie restriction. That oftentimes, that's that's one of the tools people use to obtain calorie restriction. Um, but always with any calorie restriction, I always recommend minimum effective dose. Don't intermittent fast so that you can eat 500 calories, you know, one meal a day and five. Intermittent fast so that you can go and get to that 2,300 calories for me, um, 1,500, calories for a smaller woman. You know what I'm saying? You got to find that. First, first and foremost, you got to do your work, do your homework, find out what your caloric basal metabolic rate is. And then just start with 300 and a reduction of 300. Four weeks. Give it a shot. If you're not getting the results you want, another 300. That's honestly, that's the best way to do it. That's sustainable. That's that's real. That's real life ap- applicable tools. You know, not some fad diet, not some like rapid fat loss, this and that. that they, they, they never, there's nothing good about it. It's not sustainable and it doesn't really help. Harry's coming in. Harry, my dog. Hi, Harry. The biggest hurdle you had to overcome that almost uh, that almost derailed or took you off course, uh, uh, hands down, drugs and alcohol. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I, listen, I would be absolutely be dead, or uh, if I wasn't dead, I'd be like in a, in some type of home or jail or living on the streets. That's at the point that my drug addiction and my alcoholism had gotten. That that was the only option, and and trying to trying to get to the bottom of it and then deal with that was easily the biggest hurdle I've ever had. I mean, there's certainly been some that have come up, but nothing compares to that. I'm about to turn forty, and I'm done with relationships. Perfectly happy alone. Can that be a healthy attitude? Um, I, look, I'm not a professional. In that, I'm not a psychiatrist, psychologist, or, you know, relationship expert even. But I, I, I certainly think you can be a happy, healthy person without a relationship. Do I think to make the, to, to draw a line in the sand and say, I'm done with relationships? I gotta be, I don't think that is healthy. I don't think that's healthy. I don't think any type of, of predictive uh, thinking is healthy. I am only this. Where you start to make your identity about your thinking and feelings, I, that's never, it's never good. Never works out, man. In, in, my, in my opinion, or gal, I'm sorry. It's a, a cat avatar and wonderful toy. So it could be a man or a woman. I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I, I personally don't believe that it's healthy to make any type of declaration about you and your identity when it comes to your thinking and your feelings. I think we get in a lot of trouble with that right now, especially politically and socially, where it's like, this is the way it is. This is how you think. This is how I am. This is how we should be. That's not, it's not human. That's not human nature. That's not human existence. And to get to, I'm sure you've gotten to that point from real heartache and, and, and pain. You don't make that kind of claim unless you've had your heart broken. And I get that. I, I, dude, when I got divorced, it did kind of come out of nowhere for me. At the time, it was out, and now looking back on it, I was like, "Oh yeah, I could. How could I not fucking read that writing on the wall?" But nevertheless, at the time, it, it kind of came out of nowhere for me, and um, I was very hurt. I was, I was devastated. I didn't know if I'd ever find love again, and 
but I kept my eyes and ears open and my mind open. And you're at 40, you're about halfway through. Why make a claim about anything halfway through life? You do not know. You may meet someone that just makes your life so much better. And if you're living with the mind frame of like, I'm done, why compromise something? Why, why sacrifice something that could bring you joy and happiness? I, I don't, I don't think. Now, if you decide that you're just not the person who's going to continually actively search out relationships, you're not going to go on the dating sites. I get that. Don't then that's your business. You do you. What I'm saying is, is like any of these declarative ideas, any, you know, predictive identity driven things where it's like, I am the person who's done with relationships. You, you, it's just, first off, it's just not true. You're not that person because you're a human being who's fucking wildly complex. And you have no idea what your life's going to be like in five fucking days, let alone five months. So the reason I, I hate any of this like predictive stuff is because it doesn't ever turn out that way, ever. So why even try to say like, this is who I am, this is how I'm going to be. You don't know. I think if anything, like the lockdown and COVID-19 has proven that to all of us. You don't fucking know. You don't have no, any fucking clue how your life's going to pan out. So just be happy be a good person that you like going to bed with at night and you fall asleep and you're like, yeah, you know what? I didn't fuck anybody over today. And sure, I could have done things better here and there, but I, uh, I, I provided positive energy to the world and I'm going to wake up and do it again the next day and just be fucking open because <laughs> like I said, making a decision about what you are or who you're going to be, it's, it's erroneous. Uh, what's your favorite metal band of all time? I, I have to say Slayer. Uh, I just love Slayer so much. Um, right now, probably either Def Heaven or Mastodon. Uh, every time I die, it's, a, it's always up there, though. I love Etid. Do you have a morning ritual? If so, what is it? Yes and no. I mean, it's not very rigid, but I do. I wake up and I meditate, and then I usually train. I like, I like to train in the morning. I know that there's some proof science that says like sundown is like the best time hormonally and body temperature wise and all that shit. I'm just someone who, it makes me more productive when I, when I start my day with like really hard training. So I, I, I meditate when I wake up. Uh, I usually do whatever my wife and daughter need me to do. And then I train. Um, Let's see. Do you have any regrets about life, love, decisions made? Yes. Um, the way I've treated women, I, I have regret, regrets about that. And look, I'm not Bill Cosby, you know, so don't mishear me when I, I've never done anything actionable ever. Uh, but I just, I, I, I so often let my horniness manipulate my thinking and my behavior and you're you're probably thinking like well what does that mean <laughs> obviously it doesn't mean I never was forceful in, in but I, I I I never even really direct I wasn't like directly a liar I didn't go like I'm I'm looking for a relationship and I you're the one for me but I always kind of danced around that 
I always gave girls an impression that I was after something more than sex, and I wasn't. And I wish, I'm not saying I wish I wasn't, I don't have regrets about being a man whore. I really don't. What I have regrets about is not being honest enough to just be a man whore and be open about it. And it probably would have cost me a lot of girls, but, like, I'd feel better about me. You know? Not all girls. Some some girls were either, A, they were up front with me. Or it's like, I'm not looking for anything long-term. I'm not looking for anything real right now. I just want to have some fun. And it's like, okay. And then also there were some girls, like, I genuinely was interested in more. You know, like my wife. So I, I wasn't always that guy. But there were a handful of times that, like, I regret that. I also regret... Being such a fuck-up with drugs and alcohol, getting to the point where I had let it go so far that I was incapable at that time to be in the military. And then by the time I had got my shit together enough, that kind of had passed me by. You know, I had built a career, and I'd also, I was older, and I wasn't really, I mean, it just wasn't, maybe necessarily a smart move but I do think that at 18 19 20 I would have been a great member of the military I really would I I, I love this country I believe in it I, I ain't got any problems taking orders and you know like I look I buy in that's all and I was I was aimless I was such a fuck up I mean I think that you know that would have been Something that like by it would have kickstarted what I and eventually ended up doing and probably got me to the place where I was at thirty five at like twenty five. Um, just straighten me out, you know. And I and I and my father <clears throat> was very very high ranking uh, military. My, his father, my grandfather on my dad's side, was very was a career navy man, and then. Uh, retired into teaching at uh, Westland High School, home of one Chael P. Sonnen. Um, so, you know, I, I do, I, I feel like a, a sense of being a letdown. Um, but so, yeah. But besides that, I you know, I'm, I'm relatively good in the regrets department. Uh, if you never got into entertainment industry, what would you be doing? I probably working with kids in some fashion, you know, teaching or yeah, education, I think. Yeah, I, I can't think of any because uh, I, I guess or or some art that isn't entertainment, you know, some type of physical art. Uh, where's Rudy at? He, he lives with me. You, everyone knows that. Ever considered doing Highland Games? Yes, I do. I, I actually do all the time um, because I want something to compete in. Um, I still am a very active, very passionate martial artist, jujitsu, Muay Thai. But <laughs> that ship's kind of sailed for me, at least with Muay Thai, which I'm much more passionate about. Um, and I could still roll and probably compete, you know, but I'd have to get way more serious about jujitsu. And also fucking blue belts now are like black belts in the 90s like blue belts now it's like it's not the same like for me to compete and go and like i'm gonna be going against fucking murderers so 
and my safety is fine. It's not a concern. It's more of like, I, I, do I really want to do that to my ego at 41 years old? I don't know. And, you know, I've thought about powerlifting because I, if I really focus on that, I could probably be pretty damn good. But then I'd have to eat and be that guy. And, you know, I still do try to make a living in front of a camera. And I don't know if that's a smart idea. And I'm just not strong enough for strongman. So the Highland Games has always been like, hmm, I think I might get into that, you know, to answer your question. Do you kind of get frustrated with a lot of fitness questions because 99% of the answer basically boils down to it depends? No, I don't. And for that for that exact reason, I don't. Because it is such a fucking confusing world that I, I, I don't get frustrated by the fact that people are so confused. And because everything's so vague um there's 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 no always and there's no never when it comes to uh the world of health and fitness so no it doesn't frustrate me at all it actually kind of was one of the main reasons why i i like doing this uh let's see here what do you think the best diet for a guy in his 40s on trt trying to lean out and gain muscle Keto, I feel low, no energy during a workout. I got to be honest. Dude, the right diet is the right diet for you. Um, If you're on TRT, that means you are going to have better protein anabolism and protein synthesis. So eat more protein. I do think I can clearly say that confidently. You're going to be wanting to eat more protein, probably a gram and a half for pound of body weight. Um, And you know, leaning out and gaining muscle, you're not going to do both at the same time. Certainly not at four, in your 40s. So give up on that idea. Work on building or work on leaning out. And leaning out, for this goes for everyone. Fat loss is actually just a, a tricky way of saying muscle preservation. <coughs> That's what fat loss really is, is muscle preservation. Being in a caloric deficit and trying to maintain as much mus- muscle as possible. I think if you look at it that way, it makes things a little bit more easy and it makes things a little bit more reasonable. Curious, what have your past relationships thought of you and what's the key to a good, healthy relationship? Uh, first question, what do my past relationships think of me? Uh, I'm pretty sure they are okay with me. Most of them. I like real relationships. I don't have that many past relationships. Um... I have one, like, real girlfriend before I met my... After my first wife. And I, I think my first wife and I are pre, on pretty good terms. I mean, I certainly don't have any ill will towards her. I think she feels that way about me. I think. I mean, she's never been anything but super nice to me. And she certainly wasn't out for blood in the divorce. My wife... My ex-wife was as... thoughtful and as um considerate as anyone could be when it comes to like more money or more assets or asking anything of me she was like look i i don't want anything from you i want to move on with your life and i want what's best for you to do the same so so i think she's pretty good with me and then i have like i said i had this one actual like relationship before i met bianca and i know she's cool with me because we actually interact somewhat um I, I think that a lot of girls 
are disappointed that I never really committed to them and I was never really very open and vulnerable and that was disappointing but none of them could ever realistically say like I did anything bad you know what's the key to a healthy relationship god I don't fucking know I'll tell you one key I found don't settle the key to a, a really good relationship, one of the keys to a good relationship, don't get involved with anyone that you know isn't right for you because you feel like you should. Whether you're a dude who's just, she's so fucking hot that you keep making excuses to justify, continue going out with her, but you know she's fucking either abusive or or, 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 or not right for you, and I, I've done it, so don't tell me you're not doing the same thing, At least, you know, especially you younger guys. Where you, if a girl is attractive enough to you, you will put up with fucking everything. So don't do that. A lot of you girls don't continue to justify and make excuses for guys that you don't, you know you're not right for. We all do it at some point in our life where we continue in a relationship knowing all good and well that this isn't right. So don't settle for that person. It may take your whole life. But I would say that one of the biggest keys to a good relationship is getting into a relationship that's with someone that you know is actually good for you. Uh, let's see here. I uh, uh, heard your podcast with Brendan Schaub. Of course, much love to uh, Brendan and Fighter and the Kid Army um, for having me on so much, man. And I'm asking about nicotine and how can I start using nicotine to sharpen my mind and wake me up? Um, start with the Zine patches, Z-Y-N, I think it's how you spell it. Zine, you'll, you'll be able to find them. Um, they're low in nicotine, lower. You know, they're, they're certainly good enough, two to four grams. Start with that. Start with four grams um, or milligrams, whatever it is. Start with four, okay, whatever the measurement is. And they also don't have any tobacco. It's just nicotine with a little flavoring suck on those you're not inhaling anything you're not dealing with the harmful additives it's just the drug nicotine which is good start with that see how you like it see your tolerance assess that once you get to the point where you're like ah i need the hitters these aren't cutting it i go to uh let's see i'm gonna actually find this fucking website snoozedirect.com okay Snus, S-N-U-S, direct, D-I-R-E-C-T dot com. And I order um, the bad boys, the Volt. But start low. Minimum effective dose. Man, I'll repeat it over and over again. Minimum effective dosey. Uh, I'm going to switch over to my, uh, nope, not that account. I'm going to switch over to my Mikey Likes You account because that was on the Mike Catherwood account. Follow both, please. Uh, let's see, I got a lot of good questions, so thank you again, everybody. Um, all right, hey there, first time, long time. I've been listening to the pod, which I am loving. I just finished listening to the Carnivore Code on Audible, and I'm going to try and implement a carnivore-ish diet for the next few months. I figure it's a good way to up my protein intake and get closer to what you recommend on your podcast to maximize my lifting gains, but. What I'm curious about is your thoughts on a plant-based nutri nutritarian diet 
like what Dr. Joel Furman talks about in his book Eat to Live and the End of Dieting. Both books and authors seem to be stating almost opposite information uh, about uh, raised on the studies and, and advice in their research. Sorry, this is strangely written. I know you said the best diet is one that you can do long term, and I'm figuring that out as I go. I'm no scientist or dietitian, just a guy who's trying to do his best to stay healthy and look good with my shirt off. Thanks for your time. Love the pod. Um, I don't know anything about uh, Dr. Joel Furman or his research. I don't know anything, so I'm not going to comment on him. Um, he could be giving great advice. I, I, I don't have any dog in the fight when it comes to plant-based versus carnivore versus keto versus anything. I don't care. However you best get to a caloric deficit or caloric surplus, regardless of, you know, dependent on your goals and with high protein, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. Get that in order. If you are a vegan or you hate the idea of animals and, and animal death and flesh and Start looking into plant-based diets. Start looking into the best sources of plant-based protein and get yourself some essential amino acids. I think that's, that is, uh, pardon the pun, essential for vegans. EAAs, not BCAAs, EAAs. She was bumping those up. <laughs> get your protein to a good high level. Get into a 300-calorie deficit or a 300-calorie surplus depending on your goals. After that, the rest is up to you. I don't give a fuck how you get there. Like a like a Viking king. I don't care what your ship looks like when you sit. Just sail there. Make sure you get there. How do I up my style game like you? What's your go-to hair product? I kind uh, I know these aren't fitness questions, but kind of part of the deal right now. How do I up my style? I will say this. I have found that really minimizing my um, my clothing has been so huge for me, not only just in like my lifestyle, it's been made things easier. But um I I used to spend a lot of money and time like curating a bunch of outfits and spending tons of dough on designer labels and all that shit. And I occasionally got complimented on my style. I get complimented on my style via social media or or in the streets all the time now. And now I've gotten down to like, I have like three or four pairs of jeans, uh, you know, different cuts and washes. I have a couple pairs of like <clears throat> um, non-jean pants. You know, the, I like uh, like more of the, um, what are those fuckers called? Fatigue pants, like, you know, like old looking fatigue pants and that's it and then uh you know like a denim shirt that i love my go-to denim shirt and my go-to like plaid shirt and uh and then i have like you know a handful of things that i have for more formal events but outside i like i have like my go-to t-shirts my go-to uh shirts my go-to jeans and stuff and my boots my red wing boots and um like i i guess that that's my best advice is like don't read GQ and look at Ryan Gosling or Ryan Reynolds or Jake Gyllenhaal or whatever, your, your, your perceived style icon, find, almost like with diet, find your uniform, find your go-tos, find your shit that makes you happy, that makes you feel like, yeah, this is it, this is it, because you know, like, when you're, when you're faking it, when you're adopting a uniform, 
find your uniform, your uniform for you, and go with that. And uh, that does, it, yeah, because there's something about what happens when you're wearing something that, like, illuminates who you are. That's when I started getting people, I'm like, oh, shit. Best exercises are food to reduce cellulite. <clears throat> there are none. I know that sounds like a trite answer. I'm being honest with you, and I, this is the best advice you're going to get. Ladies, mostly ladies, I, I know there are guys who have some cellulite issues, but ladies, cellulite is a skin condition, and oftentimes it's not even related to uh, being overweight. There's, you know, I know a lot of you ladies listening, like you just, you're not even overweight, you just have cellulite. That is prolonged diet and training. There's no special exercises, there's no special fucking cream, and there's no special fucking supplement, and there's no special food that, like, is good for um, cellulite. There are things that collectively will add up to help tighten the collagen in your skin. Like I would say collagen protein is a good idea, but that's a good idea for everyone. So like my point being is like all the things that I would recommend just generally for being in good health, uh, small amounts of calorie restriction, uh, heavy resistance training and consistent low, low, low intensity cardiovascular training. Um, that's it. And then do that for a long time. Maybe for you, that's six months. Maybe for you, it's six years. I don't know. But that's, I, I do not like that there are so many people taking advantage of women who are desperate to get rid of cellulite by selling them snake oil, whether it be a diet, whether it be a cream, whether it be a supplement. It, it, that's not, it, it's, a, it's a part of your skin that has to be dealt with in an overall prolonged body fat loss. What creatine supplement company do you recommend and where online do you get your nicotine pouches? I already answered the last part, um, snoozedirect.com. Creatine, any, anything that's Crea Pure, okay? It's a certain German type of creatine that you know is a, a perfect type of creatine monohydrate that is proven to be effective, okay? Crea Pure. So uh, I know um, Ben Greenfield's company, Keon, makes Crea, has a Crea Pure. Um, on it has a Crea Pure. Jaro has a Crea Pure. Um, optimum fitness, uh, you know, the, what any of those, honestly, like it's super cheap. It's super effective. Do it. Um, let's see here. What's your thoughts on low carb keto? All right. I'll end on this one. This is a good one. Uh, oh no, I'll end on this next one. Uh, what's your thoughts on the low carb keto diet? Also say what's up to the big homie, Rudy. Uh, I'm going to bring in Rudy on the next podcast. Okay. Cause yeah, I get a lot of requests for him. He's a good guy. Um, what's your thoughts on low carb keto? I, I like low carb keto. If you like low carb keto, honestly, some people really struggle with cutting carbs. Um, I, I would not recommend keto if you're like an, a competitive athlete in any type of glycolytic sport, anything that involves explosion. Um, I don't recommend it, you know, but, uh, if you can get away with, if you're just a regular Joe, that's not competitive in something, um, or Jane, <laughs> um, keto's great if that's what works for you. A lot, a lot of people don't like high fat. It doesn't it sit with them well. A lot of people don't like low carb. Some people don't like high carb. It fucking makes them sleepy and tired. Some people thrive on it. it you just got to kind of, like I said, you got to do your homework. You got to do the legwork and experiment and find out what works for you. If keto, if you like it, if you like eating lots of meat and cheese and fucking uh, low-carb vegetables, and you really enjoy that, that seems to suit you, and you can get your protein to the right level that you're not going to be hurting yourself, and you live a lifestyle where that's appropriate, I love it. I do. I love it. But it's not magic. Magic is very uh, regulated 
minimal calorie reduction and high protein and proper weight training. That's magic for a long for for long periods of time. So I don't care how you build the ship, just fucking sail there. Higher protein, calorie restriction if you're losing weight. All right, end on this. What are your favorite workout songs and favorite artists to listen to while you train? It's actually a really good answer. I mean, excuse me, really good question. <clears throat> um, I like the Rocky Four soundtrack. It sounds cheeseball, I know. Give it a shot. Trust me, like second or third song in, you'll be listening to like Eye of the Tiger or like In the Darkest Night, Rising Like a Spire. And you fucking feel like Rocky Balboa training on the beach to beat Ivan Drago and you get pumped. Rocky Four soundtrack. Recommend it. Um, I like the LA band Terror, hardcore band Terror. Um, they fucking kick ass for like that, uh, just no holds bars, no frills, nothing fancy, straight up hardcore with a lot of breakdowns and a lot of like anthemic uh, motivational lyrics. Also, Hate Breed, of course. Big ups to my boy Jamie Josta. Um, and uh, right now, yeah, I mean, I would say those are my three big recommendations. But, you know, that's not for everybody. Like, really, like, like really heavy hardcore is not for everybody. But uh, Rocky Four soundtrack for everyone. All right, dude. All right, gal. Uh, thank you to everyone. Seriously, you guys are the best. The fact that this podcast is growing, I know a lot of it is from TFATK listeners, and I love you guys for it. Thank you to everyone who's spreading the word. Thank you to everyone who's subscribing and downloading, and please encourage other people to do it. I love this podcast. I really do care about you and what is going on in your life. And in this crazy mixed up world, it makes you think that nobody cares. Remember that I do. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.